What is up, People First Leaders? Welcome to the Leading People First podcast. My name is Chris Lin, and I'm your advocate and host, helping you transform the workplace through the employee experience. I am so excited you're here and joining me on this journey as we talk about leadership and its effect on the employee experience. Thank you again so much for downloading this episode. If you haven't already hit that subscribe button, take a moment and hit subscribe. When you subscribe, you'll get every episode downloaded straight to your device once episodes go live. This podcast is available everywhere you can get podcasts like Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, you name it. So again, hit subscribe and let's get straight into this week's episode. We all have those people in our lives where the moment we've met them, you're instantly drawn in and you know you have to be around them. Either something they say resonates with you or something they do is just amazing, or maybe their leadership style is just off the charts. Well, that's who I have today. It's Roland Castro Buer. He is a friend and old colleague of mine at, during our times at Grand Rounds, as well as a Starbucks manager alumni. Roland is a passionate healthcare professional that focuses on addressing the social needs of the community. He is also a natural-made leader who has led over 100 employees in his tenure as a Starbucks manager and Grand Rounds care coordinator manager. When I was first looking for guests for this podcast, I instantly thought about Roland because he is one of those leaders who is constantly building connection and relationships with the people he works with, and that's exactly what we talked about in this episode. So without much more to do... Let's get right into this episode. Hey, Roland, how you doing? I'm doing well, Chris. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm so happy that, you know, we have, we're getting a chance to chat. It's been a really long time since we've talked. We've known each other for a little over four years now, I think. Um, and it's, it's been amazing. I think we've known each other. No, I think we've known each other for almost six years now. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> a long time since I started at Grand Rounds with you. Um, yeah, and it is good to get together and catch up. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the reasons why I have you on is because the moment I met you and, and we started working together is I immediately, not only did we bond over both being managers at Starbucks, but we, yep. I, I immediately recognize that you're the type of person that really focuses on people and development and growth. And that's something that has always stuck in my mind. And so as I was looking for people to talk to, I was like, oh, I have to talk to Roland. So well, I appreciate, I appreciate <laughs> you reaching out to me and saying I'm one of those people that you have to talk to because, I mean, it means a lot if other people, you think you're a good leader, but if other people outside of even those that you lead think you're a good leader, then that, that speaks more volumes than anything. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So first thing uh, I'd like to ask to kick things off, what does it mean to you uh, to lead people first? So for me, when I think of leading people first, I think of the people first. Like that's my first part is people first. I put my team first because if I don't put them first in anything, whether it's personal, um, professional, we can talk about the personal if we want to. Um, but if it's not professional or personal and I'm not, we're focused on what they need first, then there's no way they're going to be successful. There's no way we'll be successful. Um, so really when I think about leading people first, it's understanding my team, who they are, what they're going through both professionally, personally, where they want to go um, and investing myself in them uh, because that's the only way that I feel, you know, 
we can create a relationship, um, we'll have mutual respect. Um, and even if we have to have crucial conversations and, and debate things back and forth, the fact that when I first interact with people, I get to understand who they are and what their goals are in life, um, we're able to build a better relationship going forward. So that's what I think about leading people first. Yeah, it's a good good point to really build that relationship off the hop and keep maintain that relationship as you're you're working with them. So for you know, I know you, but the people listening do not. So walk us through how you got to where you are today. Um, how far back do we want to go? Let's say we'll go back to to my years as an undergrad student in biology in Reno, Nevada. Started working at Starbucks. It was the brand new Starbucks opened on our on our campus and started working there just as a barista, um, but quickly just started wanting to take initiative and focus on things and help out the leadership team and, and come up with new ideas to be more efficient because we were a new store. We had some room, wiggle room, to figure out what our culture was going to be in our Starbucks store. Um, so from that point on, I was just really invested um, by the time I was 20 years old, I had become the manager of the Starbucks, which that was, if I look back on it now, the fact that a 20 year old was managing a Starbucks um, while going to school and managing like 30 to 40 people at any given time, that right there is just a, a success story. I could brag about myself just because of that, um, but I won't. <laughs> but um, from there, like being a leader, that was that was everything I enjoyed. Like getting to come in Starbucks, I think really sets people up to be good leaders because they're all about the customer experience and the employee experience. Um, your employees are your customers as well. Um, so when you come in, everyone gets a good morning, everyone gets a hello, everyone gets their own individualized greeting. Um, and there's all the different things that Starbucks does to help you develop as a leader as well. Uh, so I think that was really where I got my footing and and found out that leading people was for me fun. Like I enjoyed being that person that they looked up to and the person that had their back and the one that they could lean on whenever they, they needed support. Um, so that's kind of where I started. And from that point, I got my master's in public health because I wanted to still be a part of the healthcare world. Um, and again, public health administration and policy, you're leading people yet again, whether you're leading a team of project managers or you're helping lead a team of clinicians, even if you're not a clinician, um, you're involved in helping um, shape the way that they may have to work in their practices um, or be more efficient with um, their rounding with patient rooms, things like that. So that's kind of, I think, what drew me into getting my master in public health was because yet again, I felt like that was a role where I could be a really effective leader. Um, from there, I found my way to Grand Rounds where we worked together. Um, then I rose up and pushed myself harder and did what I needed to do to stand out and became a, you know, a manager of a care coordination team. And I was happily there for a couple of years in that role um, until it was time that I felt to move on to the next thing. Um, and from there, after my master's was completed, uh, I was looking for that next big thing. And I found Highmark, came here a year ago as a project manager. Um, on a new team focused on social determinants of health, which are all those things that impact somebody becoming ill outside of just their regular healthcare system. So that's my long-winded background story of how I got to where I am now. I love it. Um, and thank you for sharing that. It's 
not long-winded because we all have our own journeys. And the thing that really sticks out to me is your constant focus on leadership and wanting to focus on others. And again, that's that's one of the things that makes you a great leader is constantly focusing on others. So I would love to know, because you did go into a managerial leadership position very early on in your career at age 20, which I would absolutely say is something to be proud of, especially with Starbucks. What are some of the things that you thought of as leadership when you were younger and that are not true today? Ooh, that's a very good question. You know, I think the one thing that I thought about as a leader when I was younger was that there was this, there was this, and it's, I'm, I'm glad I got out of that phase, but the thing that I thought about as a leader when I was younger was that there was this kind of almost hierarchy where I'm the leader, I'm the manager, you're just going to do what, I've, what, I, what I need you to do, um, no matter what. Um, and that's when I learned that, no, while they may do what you want them to do, um, because you are their manager, they're, they're going to have to do what you want them to do. Um, you have to be a leader instead of being a manager. Uh, and that's when I started to learn that because there were team members that I started off with. We started off on the same playing field. We were all baristas. And then um, through all my work, I became the manager and thought that it would just click and they would just do everything I needed to do. I needed them to do. Uh, but of course, that wasn't the case because we needed to build relationships and some of us didn't have those relationships um, prior. Um, they may have heard about me, they may have seen me in passing, but didn't know who I was um, in terms of credibility. Uh, so we didn't have a relationship and me wanting them to do things, I just thought they would do it. Um, that wasn't the case, it was challenging. We had some, some bumps along the road and I was fortunate enough to have a district manager that worked with me on those things, um, on the relationship building, on connecting with all my team members, and that's when I started to learn about what I talked about in the beginning is the leading people first uh, is really focusing on them, what they want to do, what they're doing in school, what they want to do professionally, what's going on in their personal lives. All those things were just as important as keeping the store running. I thought it was just about keeping it going, keep the engine churning and everything will be fine. But if you're not focused on the people, then things will fall apart. Um, fortunately, we were able to, you know, I was able to grow and, and remedy all of that really quickly. We didn't have high turnover, which I was really proud of. We'd never really had very much turnover at all at our store um, because I think that we were just such a great team and we were all connected and I didn't see myself as their manager. I saw myself as their leader. I almost saw myself as their peer um, because in a sense, we all are in this together and I can't succeed if you all aren't here also pushing us to succeed. Um, so I think that was the biggest thing that I had to learn um, being a young manager is that you're not a manager. I really don't like the word manager. I think it's really, you're, you're a leader and your title may be manager, but you are a leader. Um, managing people is not as easy as one, two, three, we're done. Um, there are so many intricacies in leading a group. So that was the biggest thing that I had to learn that I now feel I have a really good grasp on. Yeah, that is a really big learning point for, I think, a lot of especially younger professionals is that just because you have the title doesn't automatically make you a leader. 
And as we're, you know, progressing uh, just through society and life, um, the future of work is really seeing this convergence of managers needing to have leadership skills, uh, not just managerial skills. And so that's a really good point that you bring up is that um, we, we really need to have our managers, no matter what level of the organization that they're in, to have these leadership skills. So we really have to develop them. And I think that that's, you, you know, you, you share about building relationships with your team. So, and how you did that in the past, maybe, you know, how you do that now. It's so difficult with the pandemic right now to build those relationships in this virtual setting. So what are some of the things you, you're doing or some of the things that you're seeing other people do that you really like uh, to build relationships? Yes. So I will say it is challenging. And we all, so many of us got thrown into one day you're working in the office, seeing everybody, grabbing your cup of coffee, going up the elevator together, having those interactions face to face to the very next day, you're at home. We will send you any equipment you need, but you are not coming back into the building. Um, and for me, it was a challenge being new to the organization. I had been with Highmark for, I wanna say seven or eight months before that hit, um, but didn't have that many strong relationships with people outside of my direct department because I just didn't see them as much yet. And I was starting to build those relationships and then felt like that kind of stopped. Um, but we've done a lot of things and I think a lot of organizations have done this and it's utilizing these Zoom calls. Corny as some people may think they are, I think are really important. Um, our team, we do Zoom calls every day. We have just a quick touch point every day. We get to see each other's faces, um, see our background, see what's going on in our own home behind us. Uh, personally, I've got cats, so they see my cats running around and we talk about that. Um, other things, you know, we've set up, I've set up calls with other people. They may be people that I've emailed back and forth, correspondence. Um, we're both working on a project together. And at some point, everyone should push themselves now to say, you know what, we've been talking, but I don't know what your voice sounds like. I don't know what you look like let's get on a Zoom call, or you have an iPhone, I have an iPhone, let's FaceTime, whatever we need to do. Let's just chat for 10 minutes, just to talk about something, even if it's just how, how we're working together. If I have a question, I wanna be able to just Zoom you and talk to you that way um, to ask you that question, as opposed to sending a lengthy email that's gonna take up more time, um, just to build that interaction, build that relationship, um, and that connection between the people you're working with because who knows how long we're gonna be in this environment. Um, so I think people should really embrace these calls and interact with the people that you work with uh, because this is how we're going to be for a while. And the relationships are extremely important when it comes to being able to get work done successfully for leaders or not leaders. Um, but to be a leader, I think even if you're not one, lead by example in terms of setting up these calls, even with your own leadership, say, hey, I wanna you know, set up a call with you. I wanna see your face, like, I wanna chat with you. Um, I know we've had some phone calls, but I think it'd be great to be able to see you face to face. It doesn't have to come from the top. It can come from anybody within an organization. So that's what I think is, is really important right now about creating those relationships and being able to lead people effectively um, is embracing 
everything we can to continue to build relationships, especially with these calls. Got to keep building those relationships. I mean, I, I, I like the point that you make how, you know, anyone can, can build these relationships and anyone can lead. Right. And, and again, that comes back to the notion that leadership is not uh, exclusive to people uh, with authority or with managerial titles. Um, you can lead from anywhere and you can even lead your boss, right? Like you can lead your own manager and say, hey, you know, I, I, I find some areas here that we can work on or hey, like, have you thought about these things? You know, there's different ways to do it and, and personalities definitely come into a play there. But um, there's definitely something to be said about not just having a one-way relationship with your boss where it's them telling you what to do. Um, you know, it's, it's important for you to talk to them just as much as they talk to you and, and sharing with each other and having these personal connection points that you shared, right? Like you having your, you know, people can't see, see us talking right now, but I can see you and I can see your, your cat tree behind you. Um, and you know, I have a cat too. And so it's, you know, finding little points to connect just strengthens bonds between individuals even more. So that's really important. So any, and we're working so much right now and with zoom calls, just constantly being focused on work. It's a nice reprieve mentally and maybe emotionally for a lot of people to just talk about something other than work with your work team. So when you look at relationship buildings, there might be some individuals who are struggle with that. They, they don't know how to make connections. They don't know what to talk about. What skills or tricks do you have to show the people around you or the people that you lead that you care about them as a whole? I want to hit this in two ways. Um, when you're leading people to show them that you care about them and that you recognize them and see what makes them them and makes them unique. Um, I want to talk about it one in the in the physical setting um, for those that may be working in their environment in their offices again um, and then the virtual setting so for the physical setting I mean it's it's super simple you've got to look and be extremely observant of the individual um, when it comes to what they're wearing are they wearing a tie that has a specific animal or a color and you start to notice that and ask them, is that your favorite animal? Is that your favorite color? I see you wear that a lot. Something where you can ask a question that will open up conversation. Um, I understand why people may feel that it's difficult to start to build those relationships because it's almost like being on a first date and trying to (laughs) understand what am I gonna ask them? Like, how am I gonna open this up? Where do I begin? Where do I start? I really think starting with the visual cues, what you see them wearing, what you see them eating, what they're drinking, if they have photos or anything in their workspace, looking at that, asking a question about that, exploring from there, the moment that you do that, they're going to say to themselves, huh, they noticed this, they noticed me, they're seeing things about me. I'm not just the person that comes in that filled this role that's doing this job, I am a unique individual and it seems like they're trying to get to know me. Um, so then automatically that, that employee or if it's a peer, they will open up more. For those like me that are quarantined working from home every day, it is basically the same thing. We already talked about it. Um, encouraging those Zoom calls first off 
and kind of, you know, just sneaking around and peeking and seeing what you see on their screen. If they have anything behind them at all. Um, if they use a background, people use the virtual backgrounds and sometimes they're fun and funny. If they want to use virtual backgrounds, then I have a thought. Go ahead and have everybody, you know, use a virtual background, but pick a virtual background of your favorite animal. And on Wednesdays, we're going to do our favorite animal Wednesday, um, virtual background, things like that to just open up some some funny dialogue and to do to have those personal conversations that we talked that you already kind of talked about um we don't want to talk about work all the time when we're when we're on our zoom calls because if you think about it when you were in an office you were on the elevator you were walking somewhere after a meeting you would walk back to your desk and you probably weren't talking about work you're probably talking about what you were going to do this weekend or um, what restaurant you were going to go and try tomorrow something like that um, so I think for those working virtual, um, anything you can do to enhance the Zoom calls and allow people to be creative and be and be able to show a little bit about who they are personally. Um, I like to use, I'll just throw this out there and then I'll stop answering this question. Um, on my Zoom calls, every now and then I will put up a background of Beyonce. So everyone in the organization, if they have a call with me on Fridays, they know I like Beyonce. So it's one thing to talk about, and I've learned some other people do too. So it's just been a great way to bond with people that I didn't feel I had a connection with at first. Um, but by me doing something that it seems ridiculous, um, I ended up having a better relationship with some other um, colleagues of mine. So I think in identifying the uniqueness about the individuals, um, whether it's by what you see um, physically when they come to work every single day or what's at their desk um, or on these Zoom calls, what's behind them. I think that's how you can really build those relationships right now. Well, first off, I, I think you saying you liking Beyonce is a massive understatement as you sip a Beyonce cup. Um, <laughs> knowing you, I think like is a bit of an understatement. Uh, but it's a good point, right? Note, you know, noticing things that uh, that are behind people, again, sharing more personal details. What stuck out in my mind is uh, I, I remember I, I worked with someone early on in the pandemic and she constantly had birds outside of her window and a wind chime. And it wasn't disruptive or anything. You can just kind of hear it in the background. And we would, you know, anytime it would go, we would just make a little comment. But the first time it happened, she actually didn't even realize it. She had become so... Uh, used to that background noise that she forgot it was there and that ended up being something calming for her like not only was it like oh like you know we would say oh your wind chimes going or oh we can hear the birds today they sound really happy but she would be like oh like and it would like like relax her so that was something that was i think something interesting that happened there because it, it was not just a personal bonding point but it was also something for her to to be able to relax, right? So maybe for you, it's a way for, you know, you sharing your Beyonce backgrounds. It's a way for you to share your own personal, uh, your own personal likes. Um, you know, something that I like to do is I, I used to like to put up funny memes, appropriate memes behind me, right? To just make people laugh. Like I just want to make people laugh, right? So um, there's different things that we can do. And something else that sparks in my mind as you talk about that is, how important it is for leaders to be vulnerable. We don't have to be serious 100% of the time. 
let's find ways to, and, and you don't have to be a jokester, right? You don't have to be that funny guy leader. Uh, if that's your thing, that's great. Right. But I'm just saying like, you don't have to be about work all the time. And I think that that's something that, you know, you've said, uh, over and over is let's, let's learn about each other. Let's get personal a little bit. Yep. The other thing that I like that you pointed out and something that I, I read on one of your posts recently was how it's important for us to allow our uniqueness to shine through and break barriers that others place on us. How can leaders help their teams do that? Wow. Well, I just posted that recently. Uh, let me <laughs> think about you saw that. That was quick. You do your research. Um, so I think the way that leaders can allow their own team members um, to be able to shine through and be their unique selves is by what you said already, being not vulnerable, but being trusting and letting them fail. When there's an opportunity for them to do something where you know that if there's a project that needs to happen and there's a couple of routes to get to the end result, and no matter what, if they start going down the wrong path, you have enough lead time to catch them and reroute them in the right direction, let them. Um, because I think we as leaders, sometimes, sometimes I see my path and I see the other path, but I really think this path is the best path to get to the end goal. And somebody else may see path B and say, that's the way for the end goal for me. Um, so I have to learn, don't be so rigid and let them do their thing. Uh, because if they are trying to do something in the way that you as a leader want them to do it, um, which I, what I mean by that is you're coaching them and saying, do A, B, and C this exact way. You are hindering them from being able to show who they are and how they communicate with others, how they see the route to getting something done. Um, and then they almost would become a clone of you as a leader, but not in a good way because we bring people onto teams because of their different perspectives. So if you are trying to almost mold someone to do things the way you've done it, you're not allowing them to grow. You're not allowing your team to grow. Um, and you're not allowing yourself to grow by seeing that there are other ways to do something. There's another way to get this done and be successful. Um, and they did it in their own unique way. Uh, an example I have of that um, is um, from previous leadership where, you know, there may be a way to conduct a meeting. They may say, when you conduct meetings, this is the step we, we this is the route we take. We start off with this intro. Uh, we do a round robin introduction, who you are, where you're from, uh, what team you're with, and then get right into the agenda. And that's that. But that's not me. Uh, I want to come into a meeting. I want to chit chat for a minute. want to loosen everybody up a little bit more because if they're relaxed, then if we get into a meeting where there needs to be discussion and debate, they'll feel more comfortable doing so. Uh, so what I think about when I think about a leader letting their team shine through at the end of all of that is letting go, don't be paternalistic and let them find their way and be there to support them and back them up. If you see that they're going to veer off of track in a bad way. 
that's a, those are all really good points. And the thing that I like about that too, is, you know, if you, if you're a manager or a leader in an organization and you mold people in your exact image, not only are you losing uh, that growth opportunity for them, like you said, but you're also losing opportunity for innovation as a team, as a company, there's lots of different ways to do things. And the other thing that you're also missing out on is the diversity and inclusion portion of that organization, right? You bring on, people are different. We Let's respect those differences. People have different ways of looking at things based on their experience, own experiences and backgrounds. And you want them to use that. That is what diversity is. Um, and inclusiveness from that is allowing those people a seat, to have a seat at the table and and share their ideas and their voices. I know that diversity inclusion representation is something that is very near and dear to you uh, and not just the employee experiences. But why is it so important if you can share, uh, not again, not just at work, but for communities as a whole? Yes, um, diversity, inclusion, bringing people together from different backgrounds or different belief systems is important in the workplace and in your personal lives. Um, I'll talk about the personal side first, just because it triggered really quickly for me. Think about your social media. We're, we're at home a lot right now. So social media is how we interact and learn about others. Your Facebook friends. Your Facebook friends are people that you have met over time and you have added them as friends. And you all tend to have a similar perspective on some things. And when you surround yourself by like-minded people all the time, um, whether it's in your personal life with who you see or in the social media world with who you are friends with on Facebook or following on Instagram or TikTok or any of that, you are following what resonates with you. And if it doesn't resonate with you immediately, you're not interested anymore. And when you do that, you shut yourself off from other perspectives. If you have a chance to have some dialogue with them, you may understand at some point then what their perspective is and why they see it that way. Why they see the world that way and why what they're hearing resonates with them in a way that makes them agree with something that you might disagree with. And one, other thing is you may teach them something. You, if you actually have the discussion and are able to be respectful and have a calm dialogue, you both will learn something, whether it's perspectives or facts. You may learn new facts about something and they may shift their perspective a little bit. So I think one, don't surround yourself just by people that you resonate with. You've got to have those uncomfortable conversations. May not end well, may not end with agreeing and being friends and BFS for life, but you can't just shut everyone else's perspective out. And I've had to learn that too, the hard way, because I'm a sensitive person and had to learn not to shut those out, not to get super offended and, and try and understand where they're coming from, what they're thinking, whether I agree or not, um, just had to learn to do that. So that's the personal world. Uh, in the professional setting, you've got to hire diverse people from different backgrounds. Um, for my work in particular, we're focused on social determinants of health. And so that's all the things outside of the regular healthcare setting that impact your health, whether you have access to food, um, transportation, access to healthcare, 
you have a good job, you live in an environment that's safe, all of those things and others affect your physical and mental health. And if you have a room of people that all look the same, they're all going to address all of those problems with the same solution. So you have to have people from different perspectives. So it's all those things and thinking about um, how to address any problem in the work that we're doing or in any community or for advertising, anything, you need to have people from different backgrounds because they see the world in a different way. And if you are in a room of like-minded people, you'll never, you're missing out on 99% of the other perspectives that are out there. Yeah. You don't want to miss out on those perspectives and something that's uh, an idea that kind of came in my head is you, you want to treat diversity almost like you would as a marketer or an advertiser, right? Is who, you know, if you're looking at a broad group as a company for your clients, who are you going to target, right? Who are your subpopulations uh, that you're, that you're looking at? And Unless you understand those perspectives, how are you going to make a connection with them, right? Because marketing, advertising, the best way to make an impact is through emotion and really understanding what, where those people are coming from and how they would interpret the message that's being sent. So looking at it that way, you want to make sure that you do have that diversity and representation within your, within your organization. Roland, something I like to ask uh, my guests is to close out with what is your purpose? What, why are you here? What, what is it that you are looking to achieve as a leader? That is a good question. By the way that I have led teams and the way that I have seen others be led um, by leadership that may not have been the most successful, I would say that my purpose truly at the end of it all, when I am at the age of retirement, that my purpose would truly, if I was just remembered for being a good leader and those that I led can say that they've taken skills that they have learned from me as a leader and used it with their own teams to be successful. When it comes down to it, it's the people that I was able to lead, remembering me for all the things that I did that benefited them, our team, and they're carrying along with them and are going to hand down those skills um, to the next group of leaders. Making an impact and influencing uh, those around you. Absolutely. Key definition of leadership right there. Well, Roland, thank you so much for coming on. I can't thank you enough. Uh, and I, I look forward to talking more. Uh, we, you know, we've been, you know, again, we've known each other for quite some time and I look forward to everything that comes uh, that's going to be coming for you. Uh, for, those of, uh, for those of you who might want to reach out to you or for those who might want to reach out to you, where can they connect with you? Yeah, I am on LinkedIn. They can find me on LinkedIn. Um, they can find me on Facebook with the same Roland Castro Bullware that's on Facebook. Uh, so follow me on those. I don't have a TikTok. Uh, don't don't do those things. <laughs> uh, too much, it's okay. Too TikTok, much for me to TikTok might be going away anyway, so I don't think that's a good idea. Yeah, <laughs> good. It's too much for me to learn. I can't do those videos. Uh, I sound like I sound like my grandma right now. Um, but yeah, LinkedIn, Facebook, 
two main ways to get in touch with me. And if anyone wants to talk, um, have some dialogue around how to effectively lead their team, they may have some questions um, about successful, crucial conversations that they want to have with their team. Um, I'm more than willing to engage either through email or I'll probably want to meet with them on a Zoom call. So if you do reach out, <laughs> know that we're doing a Zoom call. <laughs> awesome. Well, Roland, thank you so much for coming on the Leading People First podcast. It's been an amazing pleasure catching up with you. Thank you, Chris. I appreciate it. I'm really happy that I got to not only interview Roland for this podcast, but just to catch up with him and connect with him again. He is a fantastic leader, someone, again, that's really focused on building those relationships in order to create a great employee experience and also just to get work done, right? And just to create connection. We need to focus on things other than work. Um, we spend so much time at work, so it's great to uh, meet other people and build those relationships. So if you want to connect with Roland, his info is down in the show notes. Make sure you reach out to him, hop on a Zoom call with him, and just chat. You know, he's he's open to that. So if you haven't already subscribed or followed us, make sure you hit that subscribe or follow button. And if you think that this is an episode that someone needs to listen to, please share it. We love getting the word out about leading people first. We want to build a greater community where we do focus and transform organizations more based on leading people first. All right. Well, thank you all so much again. Keep leading people first and we'll talk to you next time.